what's happening, everybody? You're listening to another episode of the Super Mercado Brothers Video Game Music Podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. This is the podcast where we share and discuss the very best in video game music, sometimes covers of video game music. My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm his brother, Will Brueggemann. Yeah, we're really excited today. This is another episode of Remix. But this is uh, Remix 8, but it's a little different today, isn't it, Will? I should actually say, yeah, I should do like a crank wind-up toy, you know. Yeah. Remix. So today, we've talked about this, I think, last time, and I know I've talked about it in the Discord for a while, but today is a different approach to Remix. It's cover edition, so all of the music on today's playlist is performed music, either by a live band, by a solo pianist. Uh, It's all real performed music. Yeah, it's very different. So, I mean... The, when we first did these, my impression of remixes was very much, you know, electronic and I guess like I, my impression of it was a lot of like techno and electronic music covers of game music songs. Right. It's going from one digital format to another. Uh, but this is definitely going to be a different um, quality. There's a lot of acoustic musicianship, kind of like what we're hearing here. Uh, but everything is performed, whether it's well, electronic, I, yeah, I would say the, synth, acoustic. What makes today's music special is the performance aspect. Like, you know, there's going to be a mix of acoustic instruments, electric instruments, even synths and stuff like that. Um, but it's about the performance today. Well, And the fun thing is a lot of these are, are um, band performances, which means that yeah. it isn't just live performance, but it's... It's capturing actual Could be studio too. and musicians together. And that's really, I think, the, the magic of, you know, someone recording piano by themselves, you're capturing, you know, human performance and it could be beautiful and amazing. Um, but I think there's something really special that happens when two or more I agree people play music together and they're, they're listening to each other and playing. And we tried to each capture. Other. A variety of different genres and types of ensembles today. There is some solo artists on here. There's some bands, a a really nice mix. And what's really cool for us is when we look on this list of artists, a lot of classic artists that we're friends with, that we've seen at MAGFests before, maybe even some some of these at VGMCon before. And so, yeah, this is a a really an all-star list of artists. I did also go out of my way to pick a handful of lesser-known artists, too. So it should be a really nice mix today. Uh, And really, you guys might not know this, but when it comes to video game music covers or just arrangements or remixes, this is the type that Will and myself prefer. We prefer performed stuff, covers, arrangements, as opposed to, I guess I would say, remixes. So this is kind of a long overdue variation of this series. Yeah, I think it's an evolution, too, of uh, a real amazing and vibrant community that has just continued to grow. I, yeah. I think when we started the podcast, you, you did have people like, uh, you know, Brentel Floss and uh, the acapella guy. What, what's his name again? Uh, Smooth McGroove. Smooth McGroove. You know, you had people like that who were, that to me was, it, it's kind of as outside of the box of what a game remix could be people doing acoustic things writing songs with lyrics but still that had sort of a meme quality to it like it it didn't feel necessarily like the caliber of like earnest musicianship that you'd get from like a legitimate you know new york funk fusion or jazz fusion band but yeah it's crazy how it's last 10 years it's insane the the caliber i mean you know we've talked about the hit points a lot as being one of our favorite bands but something like that 
I, I definitely wasn't exposed to that, that that caliber of musicianship in this kind of video game covers community when we started the podcast. One last thing I wanted to say is a lot of these covers are very long and have, you know, really the entire performance needs to be listened to. It's not going to loop in the same way that the originals do. There's going to be great solos. There's going to be breakdowns. So we can just give you guys a taste of these today. And if you like what you hear, check it out on your own. What you heard playing in was actually Pokemon TCG, Normal Battle. That was a band cover. The artist is Dr. Pez. So that was really cool. I actually went out of my way to find TCG music and I was not disappointed. What do you say, Will? Should we keep going? Yeah, and that stuff is so inspiring. You know, like a game like that that's not super popular, but the people who know it love the score, oh, obviously. They love it, yeah. And so hearing not to a love? faithful version of it like this is so amazing because it's something that's like, I can't imagine an actual official licensed Pokemon game that would ever reference the trading card game yeah. music from but the game. But it's so good. You know? And that's but a great hearing cover. this performance, yeah, fantastic. Uh, Let's now move on to an absolute classic, one of the first people I think of uh, when I was preparing this. It's Insane in the Rain, and we're going to play a fairly new cover that Carlos put out. It's called Gangplank Galleon from Donkey Kong Country Jazz Arrangement. It's really good. Let's take a listen. You guys listening to a taste of Gangplank Galleon from Donkey Kong Country. This is a jazz arrangement by Insane the Rain, who's playing everything here. Really awesome multi-instrumentalist and arranger. Uh, his, I think his primary instrument is saxophone. Uh, I guess I would say saxophone and piano. Um, but yeah, he's playing a lot of different instruments here. It's been fun watching his covers over the years. He's been collecting more and more instruments and learning more and more instruments. So that's been kind of a fun evolution for him. But yeah, this is this is really good. I love when it kind of turns into jazz because at, at the start it's like, wait, this is a jazz arrangement, but yes, it is eventually. Yeah, it's. I, I'm always so amazed by people who are multi instrumentalists in this fashion, where they have just such versatility on all these instruments, and it's also so well mixed. But it's funny, you mm-hmm. know, one of the appeals that we talked about today's episode was live performance, multiple people getting together in the same room at the same time, playing off each other's energy, and that really isn't what this is. This is a, a, an 
it's just an example of an amazing artist, very versatile and multi-talented, but this is something that we just have to constantly remind ourselves and be grateful that we live in the time that we do, that yeah. the tools for multi-track recording are so easily accessible, ubiquitous, and available. And affordable. Like the only limit to any of us making anything that we want is our time, honestly, and yeah. being able to have access to instruments. But it's just like, there it was never possible for one person hundreds of years ago to learn every instrument in the orchestra, play all of it, and like make their own performance. But you can totally do that now. The The it's sky is really the limit now, and it's so inspiring. And even like watching someone like Insane in the Rain, even if you just would track his YouTube channel from when he started to now, it's like, his you know ability uh, in production has grown his you know budgets and instruments have have grown and the sounds and all that stuff has grown so even in that amount of time yeah, it is interesting for those of us that are sort of the internet generation you know a lot of people have grown in the public eye like i think a great example is bo burnham who just recently released that amazing special so incredibly funny well photographed well directed but like his songwriting and his music production have so improved but yeah. it's interesting it's like he's been famous the entire time from when he was a kid in high school just playing on a little casio keyboard looking thing it's a good inspiring time to be a content creator i mean of any kind musician artist because there's just oh there's so many great tools out there so we do have uh so today is a mix of ensembles and solo artists uh let's move on to another solo artist who is kind of a multi-instrumentalist he does specialize in celtic covers and this is one of them it was interesting I guess I wasn't really specifically trying to have a mix of different games today. I was trying to find the best stuff that's been out, you know, the past year and a half or so. And there happens to be a lot of Zelda on the episode today. Uh, this is from Ocarina of Time. It's a Hyrule Field Celtic cover by Tim DeMann. And he does a really good job, a really kind of unique little niche he has uh, on YouTube. So let's take a listen to his Hyrule Field Celtic cover. <laughs> You guys are listening to Hyrule Field Celtic Cover by Tim DeMann. And if you're interested in this and if you enjoy this sound, you should check out his YouTube channel because this is kind of the sound of all of his covers for the most part. 
And some of them are more natural than others. I mean, his Ocarina of Time covers are incredibly natural for this type of ensemble. It's it's really it's really delightful. I'm a fan. Yeah. It's really beautiful. It is very delightful, and it fits in this style. I also just something I love about our you know game music community and scene is again over the years the just embracing of the very polychromatic, colorful, vibrant, um, carefree aspects of music making that are one of the things we love about video game music is that it's eclectic and quirky and it's not concerned with being cool or relevant or whatever it's just sort of i think that's it's in like games it's this it's the space for people to just be fully themselves and to be creative and colorful and i love that the remix community continues to embrace things like it's like where else, you know, are you hearing accordion and recorder and guitar? But it's like really popular. Tim DeMann is like a beloved. Yeah, it's like if you were gonna do Celtic <laughs> you know? covers of any other kind of music, it probably wouldn't have the amount of views that doing VGM Celtic covers. Would but have. the thing is, it wouldn't have years ago. But that's one of the beautiful things about the internet. As much yeah. as we complain about the negative aspects, the fact is that. I mean, a lot you of people find like, what you like, but it's just like, you know, the whole thing last year with sea shanties, everyone's like, what's this about? It's like, no, people like a lot more than, you know, the traditional media gatekeepers think they do. And in the old world where you had to get signed by a record label or get your song on a TV show or something, it's like, it, it, it was such a slim window for people to get exposure to an audience. And what's amazing about the internet, not only can you find your specific thing, but there's a lot of things you wouldn't even realize you'd like. Yeah, that's, that's the best thing, right? You hear it holes. in something I where it's almost like went a meme, like, oh, Ocarina of Time with these Celtic instruments. But then you might realize you love the sound of Celtic music and you never would have known that. Let's move on to a solo piano cover. This is a really good artist. I believe she's Japanese. Uh, her artist name is Ruse Piano, and this is a really clean and faithful cover of Dragon Quest Overture March. Let's take a listen. Beautiful performance. This is a cover of Overture March from Dragon Quest, composed by Sugiyama, performed by Ruse Piano. She has a really nice grand piano uh, that is featured in a lot of her channel. 
And I just love her performance. She's a very talented pianist, very clean and confident. Um, and this was a, a really great choice. Um, some Sometimes NES music works so well for solo piano. I mean, there's a couple things you have to change, but uh, it's just crazy how, how perfect the NES music is for piano. It's so interesting. What's fascinating about listening to piano music, and what's, what's interesting is I love piano music, compositionally, mm-hmm. listening to it. It's so beautiful, but I feel like... You know, I hear a lot that like large ensemble music, like orchestra and big band, that it just can't translate to the recorded medium accurately. But I actually feel that piano music of any kind of music suffers the most when going to the recorded idiom because I almost always have the experience when I'm in a real room with a piano, the way it vibrates, the way it resonates, I'm so moved by it. And then you listen to a recording and it almost always, it's, it's like, hard to oh, capture this register sounds tinny and this register sounds like that. And you can hear the mic is too close to the string or it's too far away. It's too muffled. There's always some compromise. Yeah, well, that's interesting because you do think of that like, when people talk about a band experience or like you said, an orchestral experience, like that seems like the hardest thing to capture. But sometimes a really intimate solo performance can be equally hard to capture as well. Well, because the advantage that you have with, let's say you're recording an orchestra or big band live in a room, you get the bleed through all of the mics, right. which I think more accurately represents the complexity of hearing sound in an acoustic space, where when you mm-hmm. mic a solo instrument... Yeah, you do have the bleed of that sound or just that sound in the various different ways that you're capturing, but you don't get the sense about how the instrument is in relation to something else. So you don't really have a context to put it in. So to me, what I get distracted by is I listen to this amazing playing, but in my head, when I close my eyes, I don't feel like I'm sitting next to her at the piano. Well, I think that's a very specific thing to you. I mean, I think most people might not have that. Right. Uh, I think they, they do just listen to it and they're just, you know, whisked away by the music so I think the more you're involved in recording yourself I think you start to hear those subtleties um, now you were you were mentioning a big band let's move to a big band cover uh, this is by a really wonderful jazz arranger by the name of Tyler Meyer and this is really cool because our good friend Aaron Hedenstrom is actually featured in this he's one of the sax players uh, that played on this and and what's interesting is that I, he never like told me that he never I don't think he shared it on Facebook that I saw um I just <laughs> went in the video and all of a sudden I saw oh is that Aaron I look in the credits of kidding? course of course it's That's him so he's there funny. he's not unfortunately Aww. he's not featured as like one of the lead sax or solo sax players um that's someone else but yeah in any case it's it's pretty cool this is an interesting one it's hydrosity zone act 2 he calls it high octane funk big band Again, by Tyler Meyer. Let's take a listen.
You guys are listening to Hydrocity Zone Act 2. What an interesting and unique take on this tune. High Octane Funk Big Band by Tyler Meyer featuring tons of outstanding musicians. Check out the YouTube video for all of the credits. It does feature my good friend Aaron who played sax on Downforce. Um, if you guys are interested, wouldn't it be funny? Wouldn't it be funny if we just started shitting on this and we're just like really negative? <laughs> How could you be? Yeah, it's just incredible. A lot of monsters playing on this one. Um, and this is yeah, a case it's, where it's dece. where it's like dece. you're not necessarily having that effect. You were talking about Will of like everyone in the same room. I want to say these are all people that sent their parts in digitally to Tyler and he put them together. That's what it seems like in the video. So. I mean, Again, what incredible that performance, is so much better these days. But yeah, technology, but also execution. Like, it, it's really well mixed. It's a very... Yeah, I, I like the mix. I think it sounds very clean. It doesn't sound like... You know, to me, I actually feel like I'm on stage. Like, I'm hearing it... Yeah, it feels just like a big way band. ...in a like live mix. In, the, ...in real life. So I, I, I actually... This way of recording big band, I'm really fascinated by because I feel like you hear you have a lot more of control over it in clarity, but it requires, you know, really expert level attention to detail. Yeah, killer mixing. solos on that one. And again, this is another one, guys. It's about four minutes and 30 seconds. Check out the whole thing. It's a really exciting and entertaining The playing cover. is so good. I love how tight and locked in. I mean, again, when you when you record it, you know, and you can edit things together, you have the ability to, to make stuff cleaner and tighter yeah. than you would in life. So that's potentially one of the downsides of like, you don't have that same human touch, but it's also, I think more rare to hear this kind of music be produced. And I think it deserves it. You know what I mean? It's like, why should only, you know, pop music get that sort of tight, solid, you know, why not have funk or big band or jazz music, be take advantage of multi-track recording yeah. and takes and editing and i know that a big part of the the natural performance is a huge part of like live shows but i think you can have both that's why like i really love the way like the snarky puppy or knower albums for instance that when you listen to their album versions they're much more produced they have more of almost electronic kind of pop twist to them it isn't just yeah raw capturing what their live performance they're trying is to like. focus on the strengths of the medium yeah you know what's so great is we have more than one outstanding like video game big band like and, and actually on today's episode we're gonna go back to a big band uh sound actually kind of like a twisted unique big band sound later uh let's move on to a classic vgm band um our friends kirby's dream band this is a track from their album bat out of hal we've never played this particular track before it's their undertale i guess i would say it's a medley i think it's two different undertale tracks that they combine on this one let's take a listen
You guys are listening to Undertale. It's a medley from the album Bad Out of Hal by Kirby's <laughs> Dream Band. And it is uh, the Bone, whatever that Bone track is called, and Spider Dance. Um, it's pretty wild. I actually, you know, it was interesting. The mix started out and it felt kind of live and kind of roomy. And then all of a sudden they brought in some of the close mics and some of the brightness. So it was interesting that they had that kind of two different production sounds in this. Uh, I just love this band. I mean, they're just so entertaining and dancey. You just you can't not smile listening to them. Dang. Yeah, man, some of that tempo stuff is just wild. And to yeah. hear, um, it, it, you know, I mean, this is sort of a mixture of synths and electric guitar, but, you know, not entirely electronic instrument. And obviously... Um, it's all performed. A, you know, Eric's amazing drumming. But... Uh, it's it's interesting to hear that type of tempo fluctuation. You know, this whole corporal unit. I I I imagine whether that was all done live or done through editing with a click track. That's incredibly difficult to execute and yeah. really just artistically interesting to listen to. Carl and I were discussing um, kind of at the beginning. It, it was funny how it started off with that really sort of flat dark sound and at first we were wondering like oh the the drums sound a little weird like oh it doesn't feel as it and then the song opens up and yeah, brightens it's a and cool the effect. guitars come in it is a really cool effect you know and it's like to me that was sort of a new take on the whole black and white to color phenomenon which really i think was kind of a cliche in the 90s and 2000s particularly in pop music of right. you know starting small or compressed or distorted and then opening up the sonic there's space. a lot but of I think different ways because, to do that yeah, I mean, dynamic contrast in music is so important, and there are ways to do that in performance, composition, but definitely with production and yeah. uh, as that part of the arrangement. It's it's an incredible tool, I think. So arguably, the most popular kind of subset of VGM covers is definitely metal covers, and I wanted to have some representation of that today. This is actually a pretty interesting one. I guess I would call this like funk metal, maybe? It's hard to describe. It's it's really cool, and it's a cover from Paper Mario, the Origami King of Autumn Mountain Battle, and it is by Richard E.B. and Ryan Lafford. I think you guys will all really enjoy this. Let's take a listen. cover one of my favorite of the day i gotta say and that says a lot because this is overall a genre i'm not super versed in uh it's more than metal obviously but this is like as funk as the metal it's it's so good it's the autumn mountain battle 
from Origami King by Richard E.B. and Ryan Lafford. I think that's how you say it. I thought it was Richard at first, but pretty sure it's Rashad E.B. This is is freaking amazing. This is so cool. I love this. I mean, what incredible arranging, performance. It's incredibly impressive. And I like video games. It's very vibrant, very colorful, very loud and in your face. And, you know, a lot of people... particularly I think American or Western um, music sensibilities I've heard people say like I just don't like video game music it's too big it's too saccharine it's like it's like all this sugary energy and I think um, and I actually can really understand why someone might feel that way and so for those that type of person I might want to show them something like that Dragon Quest overture piano arrangement so that they can really just hear the beauty in the music but you know what's amazing about a cover like this is I think this really captures the spirit of what is so lovable in 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 central about game music, which is that it is commercial. It is like bubblegum. Like, it's like know, old. This actually reminds me of I could see this being in an actual Nintendo game. Like, can you imagine in the future, like some Nintendo yeah. score where they well, really try to go as eclectic as possible, where dude, most of what? the score is like you know light and flowery, and then for the battles they literally go all into the metal. Well, and you know what this made me feel like is I felt like when I turned up the volume. Volume, I felt like I was in a giant modern arcade and I was like sitting mm-hmm. in some big, you know, like racing game, you know, it's where super you kind exciting. of climb into it. And just the, the, the power and amplitude of that music really gave me the visceral feeling of like fun video game, laser tag, that kind of like really colorful, probably not good for you, too much <laughs> sugar, too much stimulation, you're going to have Mountain a seizure. Dew. Yeah, that kind of thing. But that's also what's so appealing about video games. So I'm glad that covers like this. What a cool cover. You know, I I try to incorporate contrast in the playlist and I this is the most extreme contrast going from that to the most one of the most stripped down chill tracks on the playlist. This is this is cool. I never thought of looking for a cover from this game, but I definitely looked for this band, one of the first bands I thought of. We love these guys, the consoles. And this is a silly talking fish which is a cover from Shovel Knight King of Cards by Jay Kaufman. What a cool choice. This is a jazz cover by the consoles. Here we go.
You guys are listening to A Silly Talking Fish, and it's a real treat to hear VRC6 music finally covered by, you know, a jazz group. That's one of the reasons I chose this is because it's just such a treat to get, um, you know, music that sounded so different originally to be performed. And, you know, it, it captures the spirit of it. There's something beautiful oh, yeah. about this tune. It really was, he was Jake going for kind of like a jazz standard and for them to to finally capitalize on that like everyone's on the same page that this is this is how you would approach this tune yeah well and it's just it's so great to hear that something like this exists that there is a venue i mean we often talk about game music as being the modern day you know standards and like kind of the real book tunes of the future uh but it really they are the real book tunes of the present for so many people and that's a big thing that i think has changed my perspective a lot when we started the podcast even like the branding we're calling this remix like when we when we first started looking at some of a legacy branding it seemed like a novelty goofy subculture no one's making money it's not a real like they're sort of it's a subculture of music it's a side thing they do this on the side People are definitely making money else. now. I mean, but whether it's yeah, on Patreon or live shows. But not shows. only making money, but expressing genuine, essential, and relevant art out of game music. Yeah. And I mean, that has been happening for a long time, but I think it's reaching a level where even non-VGM fans can certainly appreciate something like this. Oh, totally. I mean, and the consoles are so cool. One of my favorite VGM bands and so active. I mean, if you look on their YouTube channel, I mean, it's just crazy how much recording they're doing and like streaming and just man cool group let's move on um again great contrast now we're moving to a duo one of our favorite duos the super guitar brothers and this is such a cool choice it's from super mario 64 it's bowser's road and like the thought of doing bowser's road uh, with two acoustic guitars is just not something I would think of, but they make it sound so natural. I love this cover. Let's take a listen to Bowser's Road acoustic guitar cover by the Super Guitar Bros. gorgeous possible track of the week to be honest we'll have to decide at the end but ooh, you just can't get better than that i mean it's so tasteful so clean and technical i mean especially sam i mean his his ability to like hit so many things at once like hitting chord tones and changing melodies and octaves it's just so precise and 
beautiful. It's a great arrangement. You can tell they have so much love for this source music here. It, it's outstanding. It's it's phenomenal. I, I adore the Super Guitar Brothers. I mean, we joked a long time ago about like doing a, the best. a Super Bros show where it would be us, the Guitar Bros, and Super Soul Bros as like Bros, Bros, Bros. Because we were all at VGM Con, I think, one year at least, if not more. Um, and yeah, I think I God. talked to all of them about it, and everyone separately was down for it. Just a matter of finding a an actual year and a venue where we can. But do anyways, that. I I adore the super guitar. I mean, they're such excellent musicians. And what I was saying to Carl when we were listening to it is like, I feel like the they're this great blend of authentic and accurate to the details of the original track. But the 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 thing the ways they make changes are both idiomatic reasons for what sounds good on their instruments. They're so but musical also, when they yeah, make they're changes. They're musical, tasteful, and they seem really with love and reverence to the intent of the original piece. One of the things that makes them stand out among almost everyone else is when they make changes, when they decide to change something up or do something surprising or twist it or tweak it, I'm almost always just like pumping my fist and so on board for it. Yeah. And that can well, and be a problem cool. for other groups for me. The other thing that I love is, is you can tell based on like, you know, the tracks that they did in the Ocarina of Time album that was really popular for a number of years ago. Uh, the, the tracks that they chose to arrange from that were a lot of the edgy, dark, dissonant ones. Like, you know, they do that weird one with the dissonant kind of cluster chords. You can tell right. they like some of Koji Kondo's like more edgy dissonant moments. And like in this track, there's that. Yeah. Da, da, well, this track da, is so cool because know. I'm sure you always thought this will, but this, this has like Zelda boss, Zelda oh, dungeon yeah. vibes to it. You know, it's just such a classic Koji. And track. it's exciting. It's heroic. I mean, yeah, this, this, of all the pieces from 64, this one almost captures my it's imagination one of my most. And the, hearing this version, that, that gives it just, again, a rejuvenated sense of such legitimacy. I mean, but the way they play it and really highlight some of these incredible harmonic moments and moves that are in the original piece. Shout out to the other bros. Uh, they also just happen to be wonderful guys. Just so nice and fun to talk to. Uh, when I think of performed VGM covers, one of the communities I think of uh, is definitely Dwelling of Duels. So I wanted to play a recent Dwelling of Duels track. This got first place in this past April month, which was a free month. And I think this is really impressive because it's so solid and legit that it literally sounds like the music <laughs> in the game they're covering. I mean, it's better. It's better than the music in the game they're covering. This is Ace Combat 7. Uh, it's a cover from Ace Combat 7, and I think it sounds better than than some of the, production-wise, some of the music in that game. It's a, more of a metal take on it, so keep that in mind, but it's just really, really solid. Let's take a listen to The Devil's Spear, and this is a group effort by tons of artists, such as Prince of Darkness, John Stacy, Wildcat, and many more. Here we go.
You guys are listening to The Devil's Spear, a really outstanding, on-the-nose, metal electronic cover of music from Ace Combat 7. Um, This is by so many different artists in the Dwelling of Duels community, Um, so if you're interested in hearing the whole thing, it's over seven minutes long. Check it out on the Dwelling of Duels website. I participated in a handful of Dwelling of Duels months and always have a good time. Um, Just a really inspiring community and a fun little subset of VGM covers. 100%. Yeah, this is really fun and exciting. It's got a lot of rhythmic energy, excellent performance, uh, nice polished mix. It, yep. it has that very produced sound, I think, like uh, particularly with the drums and everything. But it, yeah, it very sounds compressed. like something that would be in an actual game, which is what's fun exactly. about a lot of this stuff is that, you know, honestly, for a lot of modern video game music, they stylistically sound very similar to a lot of the things we're playing on today's episode. Well, and what I, what I wanted to do is I wanted to get the whole spectrum, right? So there's plenty of tracks today. I would say the Pokemon plan, there's one coming up uh, that feels very live and kind of homemade and, and homey in, in, a, in a good way, right? And then there's one like this that's so produced and polished that it feels like it literally could be in a video game. Uh, right. Let's move on. This is the other big band track of the day, and it's pretty wild, <laughs> This is from the 8-Bit Big Band, and this features Adam Neely on bass, and really he's kind of taking the lead on this one. It's Saria's song, you gotta Contemporary love Adam Jazz Neely. Orchestra cover. Yes, you, you do. Adam Neely, one of, the, one of the best music YouTubers. He's a very yeah. funny guy, and he, his, his videos are very popular for musicians. This one, I think, for Will and myself, it's, it's a bit of a challenging cover for us because we love this music, and to say that they change it up, I mean... They change. It's it's arguably like seventy percent original material and just a little bit of Saria's song. I mean, just because there's right. so many new sections and altered sections and solos and it's and, pretty wild. You know wild. what's cool about it though is it's this is probably one of the most popular pieces of video game music ever. So it's almost so it's not just like, like they're a piece that's inspired the by Saria. Yeah, song. and I mean that there's a long tradition of amazing jazz covers that completely go off in other yeah, directions. Yeah, it's kind of like Watermelon I mean, Man, right? Honestly, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's a perfect example. I mean, that Herbie yep. Hancock, and that's like an original composition that has these two different So let's keep uh, that variants. in mind. Uh, you guys are going to be entertained by this. Saria's song, here we go. Thank you. 
so good. And a perfect descriptor, it's a contemporary jazz orchestra cover. Yes, it is. Sorry, a song featuring Adam Neely. It's the 8-bit big band. Man, it's so good. This is It's just so inspiring. It's very inspiring. And gosh, I just, I hope Koji gets to hear this. Where Koji, wherever yeah. you are, I hope you're listening he to He would it. be smiling from oh, ear to ear. Gosh, and what a this. delightful presentation. I mean, it's like, what I love is for all the pageantry of the opening, it's so dramatic. Yeah. It, it really, it almost has like a musical theater level of yes. excitement and form and opening up to this great theme. But it's like, when they actually play the tune, it's very authentic and it's, it's, it's celebrating it in a really beautiful way, but just also making so much fun music along well, way, yeah, it's, the energy that's spent to build it up, it takes like a minute and 12 seconds before they get to the head. And it's like, and also it's cool because you kind of expect the head. You, I mean, I didn't expect it to just be Adam on a high, you know, bass with like literally playing the melody and pedals and stuff. Um, but I was so... expecting it to be maybe bigger. So it's, it's just right. subverting your expectations in a lot of tasty well, ways. But I also, what a cool choice, you know, like yeah. bass with these, you know, pedals on it that gives it this produced sort of psychedelic. It's sound. super cool. It's super but unique. It works melodically. I mean, that, that, that mysterious quality of using the sort of Lydian mode, um, that mm-hmm. very modal, uh, it's a video game sound, yeah. It's super eclectic, yeah. Really, really good stuff. Okay, uh, let's move on. Um, one of the most creative bands uh, that we've been privileged to see over the years at different conventions has been Disco Cactus. Um, and they're all outstanding musicians in their own right, uh, really wonderful collective. And sometimes they do music in different groupings where it might not be all of them on one track. It might just be a handful. Uh, and so, and so, yeah, I think this particular one was just like two or three of the members, I want to say, of Disco Cactus. It's really fun. Uh, they call this The Legend of Zelda, The Forces of Evil Have Taken Over in parentheses, the dance floor. It's a really quirky and fun medley of, I think, three different Zelda tunes, two of which are a little bit more obscure, and one of which is Dark World. And so they have fun with um, taking a while before you you kind of get to that <laughs> melody. So there's a lot of cool different things they, they inject into this one. It's a lot of fun. Let's take a listen. Thank you. 
cool. You guys are listening to The Forces of Evil Have Taken Over the Dance Floor. So what do we have here? It's a medley of uh, Dancing Dragon Dungeon, Dark World, and the Palace themes from, uh, respectively, Oracle of Seasons, Link to the Past, and Zelda 2. What a cool idea to put those <laughs> three together. Uh, yeah, just a really inventive and creative and funky cover. Really cool. Yeah, a great blend of things from different Zelda games. Fun performance. I really like that violin fiddle solo because it was yep. so... <laughs> it was just very nerdy. I mean, referencing yeah. different uh, melodic content from Zelda and doing a very sort of classical inspired solo which felt right for zelda um uh but yeah i think this is just a fun track there's a lot of humor in it as i think Mm -hmm. the name sort of suggests yeah and if you watch the video they're not taking themselves seriously uh they're having a lot of fun and that's conveyed even just in the music 100 percent agree yeah it's this is incredibly delightful well we're gonna move to the other bros that we love so much the super soul bros this is a track from their, they actually have a Mother series album, which is really good. And it's, you know, music from Mother, Earthbound, and Mother 3. And this is a track from the first game. It's Pollyanna, which is a classic piece of EGM. And I really love uh, how they how they do this here by the Super Soul Brothers. Let's take a listen. Tasty and soulful, really living up to their name. It's Pollyanna um, from the first Mother game. I think it's the melody that's used uh, in the whole series, if I'm not mistaken. I just love, this is such a natural way of celebrating this theme. I mean, going for this kind of like almost gospel, cheesy funk. <laughs> Love making. Uh, I tune. so wish I played the saxophone. <laughs> when I hear yeah, stuff I love like the that, pitch I'm bends. just like, oh, that'd be so fun to get to play something like that. But I have to stick with my quirky folk wind instruments that Emma keeps. Yeah, this is me. an outstanding performance, uh, production, arrangement, just everything. They just nailed it. Yeah, it's really cool. Great vibes. 
Um, very cheesy, but in a in a really delightful way. I mean, game music yeah. is cheesy. This is another conversation yeah. I was having with people. It, it kind of like a defense of game music. Not that they were criticizing it, but they were saying like, uh, you know, certain kind of composers or certain music, it's like, oh, it just sounds kind of corny to me or and stuff that's yeah. very vulnerable. And it's like, yeah, I get it. It is corny. But like, who cares? That's not a very artful critique. You know, it's, it's like... I, I just think as musicians, sometimes people can take themselves too seriously and they lose the spirit of what it is. It's like none of us invented music. We all just are lucky that we live in a world that has music. So I just think we should, I don't know. I really respect artists that don't take themselves too seriously and always want to keep it Well, fun. I think it's a balance, right? I mean, this is a beautiful balance because the Super Soul Bros are very serious about their craft and their monster players, and they have so much technical ability, but they have so much fun when they perform, and they have well, a great yeah, sense of humor. The music is very accessible. It's tuneful. It's pretty. It's just it's a wonderful sweet. balance. It's, yeah, I mean, it's I like, can't imagine someone not enjoying it. To truly. me, it's kind of like what I, I've been thinking a lot about Conan, Conan O'Brien lately since he was wrapping up his show but something that mm -hmm. I just what I think has made him so beloved for so many decades is that he just has this devotion to silly fun. funny simple it kind it's of just ideas that fun, yeah. it's very like Monty Python or you know I know he really loves um uh, all kinds of different classic comedians and Sid Caesar and old vaudevillians and everything. But what I love about him is that it's like, I think his comedy will always be timeless because it's, it, it feels very generous. Like it's just about making other people laugh and have a good time. And I yeah. think, and, and I will my say that favorite I think music is like that too. A group you know? like soul bros. I mean, and there's a lot of others too, but there, there are favorite uh, kind of VGM covers because they're just accessible. They're universal. They have a lot of, chops and craft but at the end of the day it's just entertaining it's a good time uh this is really beautiful another point of contrast here we're going to move to it's basically a string quartet performance arrangement of tifa's theme from final fantasy 7 what a great choice this is by a wonderful violinist patty rudisil featuring israfel cello this is really beautiful let's take a listen
You guys are listening to a gorgeous arrangement, very stripped down, of Tifa's theme from Final Fantasy VII by Patty Rudisil. She's so good. I've been following her for years. Really outstanding covers. She does some violin solo covers, sometimes accompanied with a few other instruments. Um, just a lot of care and love. I mean, the thing when you listen to Patty and her playing and her arrangements is love just comes out. I mean, it's like the love she has for the music, the love she has for performing on her instruments. I mean, it's just joy and love is is kind of the feeling that you get. And what a perfect theme for that. Absolutely. I mean, when excellent playing and excellent arranging and excellent composition all comes together, what a magical <laughs> thing. And uh, so I also imagine, I mean, similar to what we said with Koji, I think that 8-Bit Big Band track is the perfect remix for Koji Kondo. Everything I know about his personality, he'd love the fun and the the kind of exuberant joy and showmanship of that in everything I know about Uematsu, I think he would adore this cover. Yeah, it's so tender. This is the kind of thing that would bring a tear to your eye, and you know this level of sincerity is what was in his heart when he composed. Uh, it might be my this favorite music. cover I've ever heard of Tifa's theme. Yeah. All right, uh, let's move on to, in my mind, a little bit of a lesser known band um that i wanted to <laughs> shine a little bit of a light on this is yama yama will have you ever heard of them it's it sounds so familiar but i think that's <laughs> just because it's the same uh word twice anytime i sure. hear that i'm like I- i've heard this before right like jub jub so this is an awesome kind of funky fusion cover of vampire killer from castlevania it really hits the spot Uh, And what they said was that it's kind of their take, their cover of another VGM group. I think they were called Tetramino. Um, And so it's kind of that band's, I think, original arrangement of Vampire Killer that these guys are doing is kind of a nod to them. Uh, so it's fun how how that come to, sometimes happens in this community. Yeah, that is interesting. And I think the, you know, it's still all such fresh unknown territory and i mean even like our podcast we never talk about this but it's like i don't know we might not be able to do what we do on this show forever i mean we haven't talked about it a lot but look at how many of the youtube channels have been pulled for mm. having video game music it's like we're fortunate to still be in a time where all of this great artistry and musicianship people can cover this stuff upload it and now can actually make some money off of it the the legal question is interesting as far as all that goes because so much of it is copyrighted. but it's just yeah this is a community of a bunch of friends that all love right this music and a bunch share of friends, it together but there's so many talented musicians here that all are really passionate about this music so let's take a listen to this it's by yama yama it's vampire killer
gosh, you know what? I may have to vote for this for track of the week. It's just, it's too good. It feels so good. And what I love about that choice is that this is a lot more, uh, this is less known. I mean, this band is less known than the likes of, you know, Super Guitar Bros or Super Soul Bros or something. So, oh, this is so good. Yeah, I and mean, I, I, I think this is such a stacked playlist. We have a lot to say about the sound of this. I think it captures the quality, like that excitement that happens when, you know, four people in this case are jamming in a room together. And that's, you can see that in the video. And you can tell that in the sound of this, right? These are four people in one room playing music. And it sounds incredible. I I absolutely adore whoever engineered this, whoever mixed it. It's such a great sound. It's gritty, it, and yep. it's it's really it feels so like seventies. This is something yes. I should be listening to on vinyl, just because the panning is very extreme. You have that kind of double tracked keys, hard pan to the left and right, but it's a really dry sound, which is great for old chiptune game music because it's yep. dry. That that really captures part of the feeling of it you know i mean everything about it and and we have to mention how incredibly tight i mean this band is so tight it's like even if you had a wrench you couldn't loosen it it's just like ridiculously tight right Oh, such a cool well, And the cover. playing is so amazing. I love And some of that grit comes from the saxophone playing. I love the tight rhythms. It's this great mix of having fun and improvising, but really capturing the spirit. And I also love the the way they play around with the rhythms. You know, Yeah, it's so cool. I love and that. And here's another thing that I, you know, when I was making this playlist, I didn't go out of my way to pick, oh, what are obscure tracks that we haven't done on other remixes or blah, blah, blah. It's like, it's remix eight, but we're still playing some of the all-time classics. Like, And that we can do that. Every remix episode or every covers episode that we do, it's like, we can play Hydrosity. We can play Vampire Killer, you know? Um, I actually don't know if we've ever done a Vampire Killer cover specifically, but that's what I love is like, this is op- this is an opportunity to celebrate the most classic of VGM. Well, I don't think that we can pick a track of the week before we play and discuss uh, That's true. a track from the hit points. And it's a Castlevania back-to-back. Uh, this is Castlevania Symphony of the Night. It's their incredible arrangement, bluegrass arrangement of Dance of Pales. Uh, let's take a listen to this by the hit points.
mean, I think it would be nice to have two tracks of the week. We could do Yama Yama for something more obscure that people may not have heard, and then they hit points for old standbys. I mean, this is absolutely world-class in every single way. I mean, the composition is amazing, obviously. The arrangement is so creative. The performance is just unparalleled. Wow. You know what I'd love to do? I'd, I think a dream project would be scoring a game for the hit points. Yes, yeah, for so sure. So working on a game that they wanted a bluegrass score, but, you know kind of in a inaccessible game music style like still rocking. original music for this ensemble because i just think they're one of my favorite bands because of their well one of the many reasons why they're exciting and entertaining is because they're not playing traditional bluegrass music they're playing rocking vgm with a bluegrass ensemble and incorporating some of those traditional elements. So that's what you'd want to do in that score. Well, it also, it it just shows you how rich so many of these folk musical idioms are. And so often we just associate them as like relics from an era. Like think of the Mm -hmm. way people think about Dixieland and the way, you know, when you go to New Orleans, it's such a novelty and they're always playing this old music, which is so delightful. But what I love about something like the hit points is not only do I think they're incredible for a bluegrass ensemble or incredible for a game music ensemble i think they're actually pushing their culture their medium their, that style forward because it's showing that you know the specifics of this ensemble how we play off of each other it can be applied to so much more than just this kind of corpus of songs and well, music and, that and we i think, think another thing that's so impressive with them is I I mean I guess I kind of like bluegrass music I respect it and I appreciate it but I'm not a bluegrass fanboy the hit points are still my favorite VGM band and and that's because the level of musicianship and creativity and the choices that they make are are just amazing and they're inspiring and they're entertaining for anybody it just it they're they're such genuine people. When you meet them, it's like the same level of warmth and authenticity that yeah, exactly. you get from their music. It's like, yeah, I'm not super into bluegrass by nature, but you just hear this incredible musicianship and there is something. It's like the game music is made better by their playing and their playing is made better by the game music. The thing that I do really resonate with as a jazz person is the soloing. Um, and like when we got to play with Eli on Hothead Bop and when he was just shredding on it, I mean, there's something so exciting and palpable about either being in the audience listening to them or, you know, being on stage with them. It's just a palpable energy and the music just seems to kind of flow out of them. Uh, Let's move to another solo piano cover. And this is by Ostil Music, which is another kind of lesser known artist in, you know, in the scheme of things today, comparatively, right? And this I thought was a cool choice taking a song that's known on one instrument and converting it to another. Um, I always enjoy that. This is Radical Dreamers from Chrono Cross, which, as we know, is very famous for being on the acoustic guitar. And he's taking that to the piano. Let's take a listen to this by Ostil Music.
You guys are listening to Radical Dreamers. It's a wonderful solo piano cover by Ostil Music, and it really captures the beauty and the potency of this theme. It's an iconic theme. <sighs> Mitsuda-san, I mean, one of our great treasures, and really someone that... Yeah, I just love to imagine alternate universes where one of these game music gods would have gone on to a career of writing pop music. I mean, that's what Masato Nakamura did, and he was doing that <laughs> beforehand. But yeah. like, something like this, I, I, honestly, and I do feel like in this style of um, you know Japanese games or films where sort of the main theme is also a song, but I mean, I think one of the all-time greats of that is Joe Hisaishi. Yeah. But I really feel like if, if he heard this, he would be angry and throw something across the room. He'd be like, damn, how is this, this so good? I mean, yeah. it's a perfect melody. And even that riff is so expressive and every note is necessary. It has such a great contour. It's really emotional, but it's direct and feels you know what I wonder, poppy Will, and timeless. Hearing this, you know, O still music playing this on the piano, I wonder if he wrote the riff on piano and then made the sheet music for a guitarist, or do you think he wrote it on the guitar? I guess it's anyone's guess. I really think it must have been written on piano because it's so noty and technical. I think one of the things that makes it, it so amazing is hearing that guitar, kind of yeah. riff on guitar. Yeah. But maybe Mitsuda is an incredible guitarist. I mean, I know a lot of game composers are guitarists, like very famously Kazumi Tataka you know, loves composing on guitar and he's actually done some, like, I, I would love for, you know, game composers to do tiny desk concerts. You know, how great would yeah, that I be? Know that, I know that Mitsuda plays piano and guitar, so I don't know if that was him on Radical Dreamers, but yeah, he does play both those instruments, I know. So, all right, this is cool. Um, this is an artist, Stephen Morris. Um, and he has a lot of fun, very quirky, eclectic covers, and so it's not a re- not a surprise why he likes VGM, right? This is another mother cover. It's funny; I really was not <laughs> choosing particular series, but we had a lot of Zelda today. We have a lot of not a lot, but two different mother tracks. This is for Mother Three. It's Two Sunshine Forest again by Stephen Morris. guys are listening to 
It's Two Sunshine Forest for Mother 3 by Stephen Morris. A perfect, loving cover, really matching a lot of the sounds from the GBA original and the spirit for sure. If you're a fan of Mother 3, you're definitely going to enjoy Stephen's various covers um, of that game. Yeah, what a fun episode. It was an eclectic playlist. I definitely enjoyed it probably more than any other remix playlist. I love performed covers of video game music, and so I don't know if I would want to go back <laughs> in some ways to a classic remix episode. Right. I had a great yeah, it time It is interesting. Today. I do think this past year uh, with the coronavirus and everything, I think it's really um, made me personally appreciate... Uh, the obvious thing is, you know, human connection. Yeah. And, and social connection. But I think on the music side of things, there's been so much in the way of, of uh, a virtual space meaning to approximate a real world equivalent and just failing. And yeah. I think there is nothing like musicians playing music together in a real space. And there's nothing like actual instruments, something that's and also, performed, not just programmed. Another in element on top of it is for classic video game music, let's say eight and 16 bit, even a little bit of 32 bit. This was digital music. This was sequenced music that was sometimes crappy sounding. So to hear that era's music, performed by a band is still a treat it's a rare treat it's, it's really inspiring too it um, is it, to to those of us that play music it's inspiring to think that like this is a really cool community of artists that love this music but want to take it in new directions but also to people that are just fans of game music it's an inspiring time to feel that I totally serious agree. artists at a really high caliber of proficiency and taste a lot of them you know obviously you get the whole spectrum of amateurs and professionals and everyone in between but really i think the caliber of musicianship has just steadily gone up no in the doubt. last 10 years and it shows no sign of stopping um so that's just what excites me so much as a vgm fan is that i think by the time you know our kids are our age i don't think anyone will have to advocate for oh game music is good or art it'll just be i hope one so. of the accepted th kind of aspects of culture like anything else well, we're going to play you out with a little-known band called the Super Mercado Bros. Uh, this is a chilled-out bossa nova cover, maybe one of the most obscure source tunes of the day. It's from Shin Onigashima, which we love, obviously, on the podcast. This is Staff Roll. We hope you guys enjoyed this episode. We have a couple of weeks off. Uh, Will is going to get married, which is so exciting. Next week, we have a really exciting lost episode. We'll just leave it at that. I'll explain it at the beginning of next week. Uh, so look forward to that next week, followed by a Mercado Radio after that. Are you excited to get married, Will? I'm really excited to get married, and I'm so excited for the wedding. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing so many people. Uh, I, I think some of our listeners may even be coming. Yeah, and then it'll be many, fun but... you know, when we come back to be able to share with the people that couldn't be there to, uh, about a little yeah. bit about it. So look forward to well, that, everyone. And I just, yeah, I'm excited to see people, and uh, I think music will be uh, hopefully an important and fun part of Indeed it will. the festivities. All right, enjoy Staff Roll from Shin Onigashima. That's about it. My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm Will Brueggemann. Have a great week, everybody. Peace out. Mm -hmm.